Thank you for tuning into this teaching. We hope this message blesses you. Our mission as Marigold Church is to do anything and everything so that anyone and everyone can encounter the real Jesus. We hope as you listen to this, you encounter the real Jesus. Let him transform your mind, transform your heart, and encounter you today. That the Holy Spirit formed the seed and placed it into Mary's egg, conceiving a baby in Mary's young womb. The baby in Elizabeth's tummy leaped for joy within her, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She burst into praise and spoke blessings over Mary and her baby. Upon receiving Elizabeth's blessing, Mary began to prophesy of the greatness of God. Mary then stayed with her cousin for three months before returning home. By this time, Mary was three months pregnant and her belly was starting to expand as her body prepared to make room for the baby to continue growing in his mother's womb. As months went by, the baby within her was now full of animation and began kicking and moving. Mary could no longer hide her belly behind her loose flowing gowns and Joseph now returning to collect his bride so they could seal their bond together, was now wise to what was going on. His bride was pregnant by someone, and it certainly wasn't him. It was now Joseph's legal right to have his seemingly unfaithful bride brought out and stoned to death at the foot of her, hus- uh, at her father's home for disgracing her bridegroom. Joseph, the righteous man, could rightfully cast the first stone. In doing so, Joseph would have preserved his own social standing and the shame and disgrace of Mary's pregnancy would be dead along with her and the baby within her. But Joseph, in his righteousness, chose mercy towards Mary and this baby she was carrying. He devised a plan to secretly send Mary away so she and her baby could live. That evening, as he laid his head down to think his plan through, he fell asleep and began to dream. In his dream, an angel appeared to Joseph and told him of the plan God had for the child. Mary is innocent. She has not been unfaithful. She is still a virgin. The child that she is carrying is the biological child of God. Upon hearing this news, Joseph received his bride As his wife, and they began living together in the place he had prepared for them. However, Joseph and Mary, committed to sacrifice, remained virgins while Mary was still pregnant. It was during this time that a government census was taking place, and every man had to return to his hometown along with his family to be counted. Joseph and his now nine month pregnant wife, Mary, had to make the five-mile journey to to the town of Bethlehem in Judea. Upon their arrival, Joseph and Mary had no place to stay. There was not even a guest room available for them in the entire town, even though all of Joseph's relatives would have been in Bethlehem as well. Word travels fast, even in those days. Was there no room at all for a noticeably pregnant woman to give birth? Or was there no room for a loose young woman who got pregnant while her groom was away? 
Or was there no room for a spineless, less of a man who didn't have the courage to fulfill the law and put her to death like he should have? Nevertheless, Mary and Joseph had to make do because her pregnancy had come to its final stage while in Bethlehem. She was now giving birth. Mary labored into the night until her baby screamed as his body pierced through the womb of his young mother. His umbilical cord was cut, his small shivering body cleaned up and wrapped in clothes from their belongings and tucked into Mary's breast to take in the first of his mother's milk. Mary, needing to rest and Joseph caring for his bride, laid their newborn son in a stone feeding trough to sleep. Jesus was born where the animals were kept, behind the stone walls and under the open September night sky. In the same region, not too far away, after Mary had given birth, there was a small group of shepherds who were on night watch staying with their flock. An angel appeared to them and announced that the Savior, who is the anointed one, had been born in the town of David called Bethlehem. The angel told the shepherds to find him by looking for a baby wrapped in clothes, laying in a stone manger. Suddenly, thousands of angels appeared praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. As suddenly as the angels appeared, they departed. The shepherds immediately made their way straight to Bethlehem to find Joseph, Mary, and the baby and share the news that the angel spoke concerning this baby being the Savior of the world the long-awaited Messiah the prophets of old had spoken about. Upon hearing what was said by the shepherds, others who overheard the conversation began to wonder about those words. But Mary simply held those words in her heart and continued caring for her newborn. The shepherds left and returned to their flocks, rejoicing along the way. Eight days later, Joseph and Mary, being devout Jews, had their newborn baby circumcised and officially called his name Jesus. And after the 40 days of purification and cleansing, they took Jesus to the temple in the capital city of Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and offer the proper blood sacrifice to God. Because they could not afford the proper offering of a lamb along with a pigeon or turtle dove, they were allowed to according to the law of Moses, give a poor woman's offering of two turtle doves or pigeons in its stead. While they were in the temple, a man named Simeon was led by the Spirit of God into the temple where he took Jesus in his arms and spoke blessings on Joseph and Mary concerning their baby boy. Simeon was not the only one to take notice of the child. An 84-year-old widow named Anna, who was a prophetess and prayerful servant in the temple, rejoiced at the sight of Jesus and began sharing the news of him with all those who were waiting the redemption of Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary were amazed at all this, what was happening around them. After the young couple completed what needed to be done at the temple, they returned back to Bethlehem where they could now consummate and continue building their marriage together. Joseph and Mary continued to raise and nourish Jesus over the course of the next two years. 
when they welcomed an unknown number of unexpected visitors who had traveled from the east. These wise travelers were Jews who decided to stay in the east when they were exiled, but remained devoted to the scriptures. It was following the prophecies and scriptures which, which led them to, a, to follow a moving star above, above, which then led them to a place where the young toddler Jesus now resided. Along the path of their journey, they stopped to inquire of King Herod where this baby that, as to where this baby was that was prophesied to be a ruler of the Jews was located. But Herod knew nothing of it. Herod instructed the wise men to report back to him after they had found the child. However, God gave them instructions in a dream to not heed the words of the king. After the men worshipped the young boy Jesus, the young boy Jesus, and gave offering gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the men left in their caravan on a different route than they had come in order to avoid the king as God instructed. The wise men were not the only ones to receive instructions from the Lord. During the night after the caravan had left, Joseph had a dream in which the Lord told him to rise up immediately and take his wife and child and head to the foreign nation of Egypt. King Herod, who had stolen the throne, now threatened by the idea that a group of people believed a new ruler would come out of Bethlehem and knowing that he himself had no birthright to the throne of David, decided to have all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were two years and younger murdered on the spot. Many young boys who would have been closely related to Jesus were destroyed at the king's command. Joseph would have to use the gifts given to the wise men who visited him to fund his journey and stay in Egypt. Joseph and Mary would raise Jesus in Egypt until the death of the intruding King Herod. After some time, once King Herod was dead, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him to return home with his wife and their young boy. To avoid the new king, Archelaus, who was the son of the previous king, Joseph was further instructed in yet another dream to settle his family in the region of Galilee in the city of Nazareth. It was there that they lived out their ordinary lives. Joseph as a tradesman, possibly a stone worker or carpenter, and Mary as a wife and a mother. Joseph and Mary would go on to have four more sons, James, Joseph, Jude, and Simon, and at least two daughters. Jesus continued to grow and help his father Joseph as a tradesman. He became strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That is the story of the birth of Jesus and a little bit more. I know we, we a lot of times we'll see it all clumped together, but there is a two-year period between the, the birth of Jesus and the wise men. And then we don't, we're not given a, a, a time between the time that uh, they had to flee to Egypt and the time they returned. But we do know uh, Jesus was a young boy um, at that time. We also uh, don't hear anything else for a few years concerning Jesus' life. The next mention of him, he's 12 years old. 
And uh, every year, his parents would travel to Jerusalem. And this year, they lost him. They couldn't find him. And after a couple of days, they decided, you know what? We should probably find our son. He's 12 years old. We don't know where he's at. So they actually traveled back to their hometown. And he was in the temple. And he said, don't you know I would have been about my father's business? And it shows to us that Jesus knew who his biological father was. Because he's... The, the question that Mary uh, proposed to him is, hey, me and your dad have been looking for you. And his answer is, I'm with my dad. So after that, we don't hear anything about Jesus until he's 30 years old. So from 12 years old to 30 years old, there's 18 years that we don't know anything about Jesus. All we, do, all we know is he grew. And he jumps out on the scene in uh, before John the Baptist. You've probably heard of John the Baptist. And so he goes before John the Baptist. Other people are being baptized. And Jesus says, John, you've got to baptize me now. And so that's where we see Jesus. And so, uh, and before the birth, we talked about last week, where we hear about Jesus is in heaven. So Jesus is in heaven. He's already a person. He's a, he's a member of the Godhead, of the Trinity. He's the fa- there's the Father, and then there's the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. We have, we have Jesus, the Son. We don't know his name is Jesus until, until uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew comes out. But in the book of John, in John chapter 1, verse 1, 1 through 3, and then again in uh, John 1, uh, verse 14, I want to read those real quick. But it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that came into being. That's a very thorough way of saying, when the earth began, Jesus already existed. He was there. In fact, He's the reason for the existence. That word, Word... In the beginning was the word. That word is the word logos. Logos is where we, in in science, we get like biology, the biologos, logos. Logos is the meaning is the reason why or the search for the reason why. Logos is the reason why. In science, you search for the reason why, right? In, In psychology, you search for the reason why people act psycho. I'm just playing. I don't know why. I don't know. I just, but it's, it's, it's with the mind, right? The psych, the psych. And so, the, but the word logos is the reason why. So it, let's, I'm just going to read that same verse again. But instead of saying the word, I'm going to say the reason why. In the beginning was the reason why. And the reason why was with God. And the reason why was God. He was in the beginning or the reason why was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through the reason why. And apart from the reason why, nothing came into being that has come into being. Jesus is the reason why the world exists. Jesus is the reason God made you and I. God had a family. He had a son that he loved dearly. And he said, I want more of that. I want a bigger family, which is why you and I are created in his image. So in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. Or I'll read it again. And the reason why became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Greek says the word became flesh and pitched his tent among us. Another translation is Jesus tabernacled among us. Tabernacle is just a word for tent. He pitched his tent. What does that mean? This body is a tent, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a temporary place. I feel like the older I get, the more I realize how temporary it is. When I was younger, man, I thought I was going to live forever. And now my body's starting to give me hints that, nope, that ain't going to happen. It's starting to break down one piece at a time, right? Um, I, I, had, I had a truck, and we used to call it Old Bessie. And old Bessie was, uh, was, a, was a Dodge diesel truck. And we used to say, every part on old Bessie works. It just doesn't all work at the same time. And sometimes I feel like that about my body. But at 30 years old, Jesus steps onto the scene. So Jesus steps onto the scene. He's going to be baptized. And, and, uh, and at this point, he is 30 years old. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, Jesus is baptized by John. It says, now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven. You are my beloved son in whom or in you I am well pleased. So that is the beginning of Jesus's ministry right there. That is, he's, he's fulfilled everything. Imagine just standing before the Father. And that's what we hope, to, to stand before the Father and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, right? That well done, that, that's a word of completion, right? You completed what I asked you to do. Uh, the faithful, that means you didn't give up when it got hard, right? It's getting harder and harder in America to be a Christian. There's going to be a lot of people. There's a lot of people in 2020. There's going to be even more in 2021 that are going to find it is inconvenient to be a Christian in the United States, to be a real Christian. Let me put it that way. Okay, if you want to be like a, you know, buffet menu, I'll have a little of this and a little of that. You'll you'll survive just fine. Okay, um, you, you'll 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 I don't know how far you'll make it as far as heaven is concerned. But as far as making people on earth pat you on the back and tell you how great you are, you'll do great. Okay, but you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be unfaithful. They're going to give up. So we have three years. Jesus steps on the scene. He's baptized. So then we have three years and we're going to just skip his ministry just for time's sake and go right before the crucifixion in John chapter 19, verse one through five. And I want to I want the, the verses I'm going to read to you are, are, are very I want to point to this idea that Jesus is not in the manger. OK, he is grown up now. He's a grown man. And people see him as a man. And so I want to set that up for as, as we go through this in, in the conclusion. So before the crucifixion, John chapter 19, verse 1 through 5, Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him, meaning they whipped him. 
And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. They did this in mockery. In the mock, oh, this is the king of the Jews. Here's a king's robe. Purple would be uh, something of royalty in those days. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, king of the Jews, and to give him slaps in the face. Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. What a strong statement. Behold the man. Not the cute little baby in the manger. Here he is. He's bloody. He's whipped, wearing the crown of thorns, with his robe over him, being mocked, being spit on, being slapped. Behold the man. Of course, we know Jesus went on to be crucified. He could have at any point called down angels to to free him from this. But he chose to, to stick it through. And so he's dead and they've buried him. They've buried him in a cave on the side of a mountain. They've rolled a stone in front of it at the mouth of this uh, opening. But now here's Jesus and it's three days later and he's resurrected. In John chapter 20, verse 16, it's the first person to see him. It's the first day of the week. And and the Bible is just very clear to say this was the first day of the week. And Mary Magdalene sees him. She's the first person to see him, okay? She was a prostitute. She was kind of a loose woman that we know of. At one point, Jesus saves her and, uh, you know, basically calls out the crowd and says, hey, you can condemn her, but let the the person with no sin cast the first stone. I find that interesting that that was kind of the same thing that Jesus' earthly father went through where he could have rightfully thrown the first stone at Jesus' mother, but he chose mercy. See, Mary Magdalene assumes Jesus is the gardener until Jesus says her name. He says, Mary, at that point, she realizes this is, this is Jesus. So here we have, is Jesus is after the resurrection, And here he is. He's able to speak. He's saying her name. John chapter 20, verse 27. Eight days later, Jesus shows up to his disciples and tells Thomas to feel the scars in his hands and in his side. You can't do that to a spirit. You do that to a man. John chapter 21, verse 4 through 14. Jesus is at the beach and he's cooking fish and he's got bread over a charcoal fire. So he calls to the disciples, hey boys, y'all caught anything? No. Throw your, throw your nets on the other side. And then they catch this, I think it said 153 fish. There, there was too many. But they brought him in. They realized, wait a minute, this is Jesus. So they come in and 
And Jesus already has a fire going. He's cooking some fish. He's got some bread over the fire. This is breakfast time. They're having fish sandwiches for breakfast. Holy moly. Then we, we see some days later, Jesus was on earth for about six weeks, kind of coming and going after, after, uh, after the resurrection. He had gone to the Father and come back down. And then for his final ascension, in Luke chapter 24, verse 36 through 53, I encourage you to, to go back and read that. But I just, just for the time's sake, I want to just read verse 51. So he'd spent this time with the disciples. He'd kind of been going back and forth. He'd been preaching to them. He sat and made clear the scriptures to them because they're going to be going out to the world. So he sits here and he goes and he go and he starts from the beginning and he shows himself in the scripture from the beginning all the way up to this point. And it says after this, while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. This man was carried into heaven. You see, Jesus, when he went back to the Father after his resurrection, he received a new body. Not a spirit body, a glorified body, a new body. Now, this body is important for us to understand because Jesus, in order for Jesus to die on the cross, he had to take on a body, a flesh body, and he had to go through everything we would go through. If not, it wouldn't mean anything. If Jesus didn't have to go through the teenage years and remain pure, how could he expect us to do the same thing? If he couldn't, if he could go through all the peer pressures and all and having to, you know, be under his parents and his parents having these things and and, you know, these expectations of him. And, and yet he still had to set it aside. And come under, how could he expect us to do these things if he had not done it himself? That was the first body. Now, when Jesus is resurrected, he's given a new body, a glorified body. This is a body or the same body that you and I hope to have in the future. Because this body is able to live in heaven and on earth. You see, there's going to be a time when heaven comes to earth. And if you don't have the right body, you can't live there. Just like Jesus, if he didn't have the right body, he couldn't live here. Now, it's an interesting thing. There was a, a time where there was, his disciples are in an upper room. The doors were sealed shut and he appears to them in the room. So that tells us a little bit of something about this body is it's, it doesn't have the same limitations that this body has. You know, Jesus would have lived and died just like anyone else. His body would have been a dying body. Because although his body was without sin, his body was just flesh and blood. It was, it was the same, same tissue that we have. Now, I want to go from the ascension. And then, so that was then. And then we have all this time period. It was important that Jesus go 
away. Because Jesus could only be at one place at a time. You understand, right? With that body. The Holy Spirit, His Spirit who He sends, transcends time, transcends space. He's here, He's there, He's everywhere, He's all across the world, He's out of time, He's everywhere. That's why I could be praying at my house and you can be praying at your house and, and God hears us, he, He's not bound. His Spirit is here with us. But there's going to be a time where Jesus returns. In Revelation uh, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, it says, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him. Amen. And these are the words of Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord. I am the beginning and I am the end. Who is and was and who is to come? The Almighty. Now, why does this matter? Why do I say Jesus was born, so what? Babies are born every day. You and I were born, no big deal, right? The only thing that makes Jesus' birth significant to us today is what he went on to do with his life as he grew up. Have you ever seen a baby and they're so cute, they're so cute? I'm old enough now where I've seen a lot of babies and now they've grown up, grown up. And they used to be so cute and cuddly and now they're like thugs. And it's like, like what happened to you, right? Like, and then you have some, like it was like the ugly baby, like, oh. And the parents are so proud. He's so cute. And you're like, oh, no, he's not. And now they're beautiful. They've grown up. They're just beautiful people. They love the Lord. They just, there's a, there's a resonance about them that just transcends just like the, 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 the first, your eyesight. You know, it's just, there's just something so beautiful about them. It's, they've made different, different decisions. Let me ask you this. I know a lot of people this season are, are saying, well, we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. This is about the birth of Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. Let me ask you this. I want you to think about this, right? Because we're thinking about Jesus as a man, right? Jesus is a man, Okay. If someone threw you a birthday party or had a season that we said it's all about your birthday, but bought everyone else gifts, did everything you despise, and brought out your baby pictures, and only talked about what a cute baby you were, how would you feel? They don't acknowledge what a woman you've become, what a man you've become, the great things that you've done, the accomplishments that you have, how you love people, how you help people. All they talk about is the baby. They don't even acknowledge the, 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 the man or the woman in the room. It's all about the baby. It's the baby. 
When we think of God, do, do we associate feelings with him? Jesus was the embodiment of all that God is, was, and will be. God has feelings. Jesus has feelings. When we sin, what does it do to his feelings? That's what sin is. Sin is not what I do to you. Sin is not about me hurting your feelings or breaking your expectations. Sin is going directly against what God expects, what he has put in place. And when I sin, I sin only against God. If we talked about Jesus like he's still a baby, what does that do to him? If we talk about Jesus like he's still on the cross, what does that do to him? If we talk about Jesus like he's far away in a distant galaxy called heaven, what does that do to him? By his spirit, the Holy Spirit, he's here and he's here with us now. And our great hope is not that we get to go to heaven someday. Our great hope is that Jesus, the man, is coming back to reign on this earth. And for those of us who chose to be faithful while he is away, we get to reign with him. So this Christmas... I would challenge us to not celebrate who Jesus was for a short, short speck of time. But let's celebrate who he is and that he's coming back soon. It's not very often that in Christmas, it's funny, you would think that during Christmas would be the time that, man, Jesus is glorified and, and it's really not. He kind of gets the short end of the stick on that one. It's kind of like you got invited to, you know, or they were throwing you a party and everyone's exchanging gifts, but you forgot to get the invitation. They're doing plays about when, you know, about when you, what things you used to do as a baby. And they're telling stories about how you, the, how, what happened with your mom and dad before you came into the earth and all that stuff. But, but they don't acknowledge that you grew up, you accomplished some things things that you couldn't accomplish on your own. And he did it for you and I. And that's the danger of Christmas is that we say it's about Jesus, but, but then it has really nothing to do with him. Now, I know it's a sobering thought, but I'd never want us to be guilty of saying we were doing something for Jesus and then leaving them completely out of it. You see, Jesus does have feelings. God has feelings. Lord, I thank you, Father, tonight that you would just search our hearts. Lord, if we've done anything in this season to offend you, Lord, 
share that with us. If I said that this season was all about you and all I did was get mad and I'm mad at the traffic and I'm mad at, you know, someone that that bought the last thing of the the last of the things that I wanted or I'm mad because I couldn't find my size or I couldn't, my kids are frustrating me because I don't know what the heck they want for Christmas. I'm running out of time, Lord, and, and I'm just so frustrated with everything. Lord, Lord, that's not about you. That makes it about me. If it becomes all about stuff, if it becomes about gifts and presents, but Father, I never invite your presence in, then I'm guilty. I'm guilty of leaving you out. I'm guilty of saying one thing, but living another. And if I've done that to you, Father, point that out to me. If there's anything else that I've done, point that out to me. If there's anyone in this room that's asking you, Father, show me. Lord, I thank you that you're faithful to show them. Because, Lord, the reason why we're here tonight is is for nothing else but to, to be close to you and to draw close to you. Lord, we don't need a special day for that. Every day we could do that. Every day we can lean on you. We can, we can open our hearts to you and just say, hey, Lord, how are we today? Because your relationship matters. You see, I can't have a relationship with some baby in a manger because that doesn't exist anymore. That's fake. People can't have a relationship with baby Paul because baby Paul doesn't exist anymore. If you want a relationship with me, you got to have it with who I am today. And Father, that's the way it is with you. If we want a real relationship with you, it's got to be with who you are today. Not pictures of the past. And yes, Lord, we do celebrate you. Thank you that you paid the price. Lord, I don't think sometimes we realize that you paid the price that you will now forever be a man. That you took on this body, not for 33 years, but for all of eternity, you took on a body that will forever carry the scars in your wrists and in your feet and on your side. You did that for us. It was not just a 33-year period. Father, you did that for all of eternity. Jesus, you did that for all of eternity. And when you come back, you're coming back as a man to live with us again. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to reign with you here on this earth. When you establish your your government, your kingdom on earth, Father, it's the faithful that will reign with you. And after that period, Father, after that period, Jesus, the Father's going to come down to earth with the new heaven and the new earth. Father, we don't have to go up to you. You're coming down to us. 
And Father, we get to, to experience you as a father in, in that final time with the new heaven and the earth. We'll be able to see the Father. Just like a child longs to see his father. Father God, we long to see you. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. What a, what a marvelous sacrifice that was. And Jesus, we thank you for your obedience. I have a dog. His name is Kiko. And I, I really like this dog. I really, I really care for him a lot. I really do. He's, I didn't want him. I didn't want him. I did not want a dog. And now he's my best friend. <laughs> he's my little buddy. In the morning, he wakes up and he paws on my bed. He's like, I'm ready, ready for the day. He's, he's, he's ready to be pet and loved on even before Jen. But you know, I, I couldn't imagine if something happened with Kiko and, and God said the only way to make it right is to become a dog and go make it right. I don't think I could do that. If so, maybe, maybe for a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But for God to say, to tell Jesus, there's, there's an assignment I have for you. And to take on this assignment, it will forever change the form that you're in right now. You will forever be a man. I don't think we realize what a sacrifice that is. But he's coming back. He was obedient. Thank God he was obedient. Because you and I get to share in the benefits of that. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your presence here tonight. I thank you, Lord God, just as we came safely, Lord, that you would return us home safely. I thank you, Lord God, that this Friday as we celebrate Christmas with our family, Father God, that, Lord, that we don't pretend that it's something that it's not. Lord, it's not your birthday, but we do honor you. We thank you for your sacrifice. But Lord, we honor you not as a baby. We honor you as a man. I thank you, Lord God, that you just bless every household that's represented here tonight going and coming. I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them, keeping them safe. I thank you, Lord God, that, that you would just reach out to each and every one in this room in a special way on the car ride home or before the night's over. Father, that you would just tug on our heart to share a moment with you because you truly are the reason why. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if this message or any of the content that we've been putting out has blessed you and you're wondering how you can partner with us in generosity, there are a couple ways to do that. You can download the PushPay app and you can search Marigold Church and you can give that way. You can also set up reoccurring giving 
and it's really user friendly. It makes it really easy to give. You could also text Marigold to 77977 and give that way. We believe God moves through a generous heart. And so we would love to see what God does through you as you partner with us and as we walk through this journey together.